0: Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we casually discuss the Animorphs one book at a time. I'm Casey. And I'm Alex.
1: And we're here to talk you through the plot of each book.
0: But more accurately, take you on tangent trips, factoid forays, and say, well, actually, as much as possible.
1: Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month, and we'll take you
0: along on our mission. And we promise to have you back under the two-hour time limit.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I have a grave announcement to make. Incredible as it may seem, both the observations of science and the evidence of our eyes lead to the inescapable assumption that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army. What up? Hey!
0: What is up?
1: What is up, America and other non-American places? we're an international podcast
0: there's a lot of people in canada too but i don't know if i know them or not
1: (laughs) i thought all canadians knew each other i thought that was a thing
0: we'll see that's why i think i might know them because like they're in canada right but also like i only like it it protects um who the person actually is like you can't track down who like you're you're who is listening so um i don't actually know who it is because there's a a field of a non anemone dear god an- an on- oh for fuck's sake they're anonymous Ooh,
1: we're off to a great
0: start <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna just have some more coffee and consider what i just said
1: oh man i'm anemone i'm an- anemone. <laughs>
0: Like, this is just a variation of half of the name of our fucking podcast. Why can't I say this word? It's <laughs> a very hard word. <laughs> is it though? Woof. Anonymous Help me. How do I, I... say this word?
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 try to say the name of our podcast.
0: Animals like, Anonymous.
1: Like, there you go. Not anon oh shit, no, I can't do it. Anony- anonymity.
0: Anonymity. Anony- anony-
1: Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. We're this is breaking. A conundrum.
0: <laughs> this is terrible. This is a
1: madness
0: circus. <laughs> oh, I do like the circus. I watched The Greatest Showman last night. Oh, yeah. And I want to the... talk about pacing. Mainly, why didn't it have any?
1: Because visuals and... I don't know. I mean... Hugh Jackman.
0: The visuals were astounding and amazing. The songs... Wonderful. I've been listening to the soundtrack for months before I've seen this movie. But, like, then they're like, oh, no, we have to go to England. But can we all go? If one of us goes, we all go. Or none of us go. We're in England. Come to America. Sing for us. We're in America at your show. I'm like, wait. No, fuck.
1: (laughs) You just cut out, like, months of time on a boat getting to England.
0: Here's the worst fucking part. You know how they open the show? is with silent movie cue cards that say the greatest showman. How fucking hard would it to have been to put like three months later in America? Right. They could have fixed all their fucking problems by doing that.
1: You know it's a good movie though? What? Moulin Rouge.
0: Oh, that's a wonderful movie like a virgin (laughs) i don't know i (laughs) fucking hate that guy like i like him as a character and everything but like his voice is so creepy which is what makes it good but also i hate it
1: oh my god
0: you know that conundrum it's a little bit funny he's feeling feeling inside. inside She's just like, what the fuck? She's like, well, yeah, because here's the other thing. Like, the whole premise of the show is like, your beautiful singing has convinced me to love you. So it's like, ah, oh, yes, you and McGregor. He's so wonderful. He has a beautiful voice. And who's my other love interest? Like a virgin. <laughs> like, fuck no. She's <laughs> like, oh. not gonna happen. Uh. Yeah. You know, that's just to equate Moulin Rouge to The Greatest Showman, which is... I I did like both of those movies, but in very different ways. But um, yeah, there was no real tension at any point in the movie that made sense. Like... They, there was a relationship tension between Wolverine and that Nightingale <laughs> singer. <laughs> and I'm Wolverine <laughs> That's exactly what I was expecting the whole time. Like oh, no. when he was doing like, this is where you wanna go? I'm Wolverine. <laughs> like, fuck yeah! I'd watch the shit out of that. Dear God. Oh, but yeah, they're they're like, oh no, there's a tension, and it resolves in her like giving him a kiss that he's against, and then breaking him up with his wife. But like, there's never any reason for it. Like it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. she's singing well. The wife catches him staring at her in amazement. Suddenly you know he's gonna cheat on his wife with this woman. And then they they do kind of like there's just like this weird tension and then he's like, no, I cannot. And then they kiss, and then she quits singing forever. Like it doesn't like and and then how does he resolve it with his wife? It's like all he has to do is take a train home and meet her on a beach and they're like, ha, our relationship problems are over and also, yeah. he just gave the entire fucking circus to Zephyron? What is this?
1: Zephron!
0: <laughs> like, I love Zephron, but what the uh, fuck?
1: Yeah.
0: Welcome to the Animals Podcast, where I yeah. complain about the greatest showman for 10 so. minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and it's like, I think I was, uh, I think I mentioned this on the phone to you the other day. It's, It was very, it was very, like, Disney-fied version of P.T. Barnum. It's like, let's pretend that P.T. Barnum was, like, really nice to elephants.
0: Okay, And I'm like, that's
1: probably not the case.
0: Well, no, it's not. That's the other thing. They never fucking resolved the issue where he shut all of the circus people out of the fucking show with the the yeah. Mockingbird girl. That She sang this epic song where she's like, you can't fucking put me in a cage anymore. I'm my own person. You've let me out and I've gained bodily autonomy or whatever. And then they're like, no, just kidding. But you can't come in here. And she's like, well, I'm in a rage. But also we're all still in the circus and nothing ever happens.
1: Yeah! There's like a million stories. Like, he storylines. was an absolute ass to them and they were you know, effectively hurt by it but nothing really resolved from that. They weren't like, they didn't go on strike or anything. No! It's it just, ugh. Nobody learned a lesson. It was stupid.
0: Nobody learned a lesson and even after he abandoned Zephron in the circus and was like take care of it yourself and Zephron's like I'm not equipped to deal with this and he's like fuck it bye bye And then Zephron's like oh I'm mad too. But he didn't like ally with all of the people in the circus he just like fucking was like Oh, we're all in this together. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Roll of this together
0: He just high school musical it And they were like Fine and then also like you know Then Wolverine comes back and they're all like Welcome back you own the circus again and he's like oh JK I have kids Bye bye like, This doesn't make any sense Jeez. And then he steals an elephant from the circus And leaves an African fucking elephant Out in the snow in New York City In the middle of winter With no fucking supervision whatsoever I'm just really mad. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. This turned into a really long rant.
1: It's okay. You
0: know what would have been better? Is if the elephant had have thrown Wolverine on the roof of the ballet building. Yeah.
1: And scolded him like Rachel did.
0: Exactly. Speaking of. Which leads us right to this book where we can switch from one rant to the next.
1: Because we're talented as fuck.
0: Yes. And also because we have a rant first thing to get out of the way.
1: Oh my god! I hope it's the same thing I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, because you know that we're both thinking meds are medicine. Oh, uh. like come on, Cassie, come the fuck on. We We've know. already
1: established this.
0: Everyone knows meds are medicine.
1: I I flew into a rage.
0: I did too. It's the first note I have. Is Cassie brought back the meds equals medications in all caps? Uh. We know this, obviously.
1: She mentioned meds at some other point in the book, and I'm really surprised she didn't specify there that meds (laughs) were indeed medicine.
0: She was like, I got this established earlier in this book.
1: One, One per book.
0: Yeah, I only do one meds equals medications per book. Dear God. Like, honestly, is there anyone, listeners, please write in if you've ever been confused by shortening medications to meds. Was there ever a point in your life where you where somebody said, here's some meds, and you thought, oh, what does that mean? Please, please, for the love of God, write me. AnonymousAnimorphs at gmail.com. Do and it. guess what? I even said anonymous correctly. Yay! <laughs>
1: Anonymity.
0: Anonymity! 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 Anonymity.
1: Anonymity. <laughs> we did it, anyway,
0: guys. We're here. Figured okay. it
1: out.
0: Anyways. Cool. Yeah, Cassie thinks that we still don't know what that means. So the entire
1: intro to this book mm-hmm. like where she's saying like we can't tell the we can't tell you who we are blah blah blah. I thought it was very jumpy.
0: Yeah, it's it was almost like they wanted to like bypass the regular like really long introductions of each character and try to like weave it into Cassie's like inner dialogue. Mhm. But it, it did make for a very jumpy intro but I liked where they were going with it. Like, I like, instead of having that very formulaic thing, I like that we're starting to, like, weave it into the narrative now. Sure. And also, like, it was really, like, I again felt like, oh, I'm not totally sure I feel the Rachel-Cassie relationship, which we were really feeling in Rachel's book. Uh But now that we're in Cassie's head, it's like, You know, they're kind of, like, teasing each other and, like, they're going to go, like, because it it starts out with, like, you know, Rachel talking about Cassie's, like, pants being so short that it's fine for a flood. But, like, you know, for regular normal people, she's got to buy some, like, clothes that fit and they're going to buy outfits. And she's like, I can't, like, I don't want to buy outfits. I don't even know what that is. And, like, it didn't give me the same feeling that Rachel's book did, which was that they were actually friends and had a familiarity
1: Oh no, maybe it's one-sided. Oh no. Oh no. no. Cassie's being coy with Rachel.
0: Oh, that would be- Rachel's like, Cassie's
1: amazing. And Cassie's like, hey, Rachel, she's being annoying again. This is Cassie's (laughs)
0: superpowers to manipulate emotions. And so she's manipulating Rachel to be her friend. Oh no. Oh no. I
1: don't know about that.
0: I don't think that's true at all, but oh, that would be sad.
1: Well maybe maybe um we feel it more in I don't know like there's only so many kind of topics you can cover per book so maybe they're just choosing to cover the Cassie Rachel friendship in Rachel's books I don't know
0: Yeah I mean that could be I don't know That being said anyway. I did I did really like this intro like it this was the first book I read as I've mentioned before So this was really, for me, just one long nostalgia trip from start to finish. (laughs) So, like, Uh this was my introduction to Animorphs. And I loved that conversation because coming into it, like, I was totally in the Cassie perspective when I was a kid. Like, outfits, fashion, you want me to wear pants that, like, fit? That's (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) Like... I totally get this. I was super into that part of it. And uh, also, like, uh, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just, like, helping animals. So I don't really care what jeans I wear. So speaking of jeans, Mm -hmm.
1: I was having the hardest time visualizing what these jeans looked like. What did jeans look like in the 90s? Okay. Were were they, like, the high-waisted, like, mom jeans, sort of?
0: Yeah. Well, they they weren't total mom jeans because they weren't the ones that came up to, like, where the this narrowest point We're... of your hips are to, like, accent your butt. Sure. Like So those are, like, modern jeans, right? These are the ones where they're, like, still not totally sure about jean construction. So they're high-waisted. <laughs> they're also for sure acid-washed. Very, uh-huh. like, crinkly and very thick yeah. denim because 90s denim was always, like, super stiff. Like, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Instead of that weird, like, denim spandex right? that they put on lady pants now. Exactly. So you can stretch out. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. these are, like, these are the denim pants that, like, you could try to do the splits in them, but you would not succeed. Oh, and they had those fucking, like, diagonal um straps on the legs. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. can, like, put your fucking
1: hammer in there.
0: Those are, I think they still have Carpenter those little, jeans. yeah, those are, like, cargo pants. Carpent. Yeah. Pair. Yeah, you, mu- you can buy those pants at the paint store for, like, ten bucks a pair. Yeah, yeah. That's where my mom gets her pants. At the paint store? Come on! From, from
1: like fucking like Menards or Home what the Depot.
0: Fuck? She's like
1: she buys like men's cargo jeans.
0: Okay, because hold up.
1: they're fucking like ten bucks a pop. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine.
0: <laughs> Stop the podcast. <laughs> this never mind this is this is real life now we need to take your mom to the mall to get some fucking outfits Oh no! <laughs> like, she cannot be wearing these this is this is oh, the late 2000 teens she's need, she needs <laughs> to buy some goddamn <laughs> what is real, it? i don't know anymore <laughs> she's gonna buy some oh, pants that aren't from the paint store what is she
1: doing I think she would give you a response very similar to the response that Cassie gave Rachel and that she doesn't give a fuck and she's playing with dogs all day, so.
0: <sighs> okay, but if, like, I promise to go help her with a dog, will she, like, in return come to the store
1: <laughs> with me? <laughs> she will not be happy about it.
0: <laughs> well, no, I didn't expect her to be happy about it. I just need her to, like, because I've... I- I did that. I bought pants from the paint store. I bought like ten <laughs> pairs because I was like, "Fuck yes!" They were on sale, and you know what? They do not fit right. They uh, they are large in all of the wrong places. They mm-hmm. the pockets they don't like. It just doesn't hold up. I got them covered in paint, which is what they're for. So I didn't feel too bad about buying them. But then I also cut one pair into shorts. Nice. <laughs> I think I still have them somewhere, but I can never wear them because they're horrific. And terrible. <laughs> and she can't wear those. I will
1: call my mom and tell her that her pants are unacceptable, this... and that we're gonna go get some new
0: ones. <laughs> this is gonna be the time that I finally come to her. Like, listen, this you is need to unacceptable. Get your life together. <laughs> like, I, I've done that, but she really needs to get some real pants. Oh my god! So, you guys, that entire conversation, basically the open of this book, just yep. Get that out of the way.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, here's the other thing. Okay. Like, logistically, I'm trying to picture these jeans and how they're too short. I'm picturing her wearing, like, kind of galoshes that are maybe mid-calf. Because I think she said later, like, her boots were, were just that. Ooh, and the yeah. jeans end, like, an inch above the tops of her boots.
0: Yeah. So and I'm they, like, okay, are these,
1: like, capris
0: or? They they couldn't be. Like, they, they have to be. Two short jeans but like the shrinkage upwards could not possibly equal the shrinkage inward like she couldn't have shrunk the pants that much and still be wearing them
1: right because jeans when they shrink they shrink proportionately so they'd be too like tight and she wouldn't be able to get into them so i don't understand what's happening
0: well i had a theory because this too bothered me in this rereading when i was a child i was like oh got it because i didn't know how shrinkage works now i do yeah yeah. So I, one of the boots that is very popular at many wildlife centers are a brand called Muck Boots. And that's like literally the brand. They yeah. have these boots that are like galoshes, but they don't go up like to mid to high calf. They're literally oh, like just like ankles. Ankle height, but then like a little higher than ankle height. And okay. I think if she bought jeans that were too large, which she probably did she didn't try them on for sure. So she bought two large jeans. And then when they shrunk, they fit her. And she was like, oh, fuck, yeah. These, like, I don't have to wear a belt. Yeah, score. But then also they were too short now because they were very wide. And also she probably bought them at the paint store, which makes total (laughs) sense. (laughs) Because that's exactly how those jeans fit. They're, like, the right length, but then they're way too wide. And, like, even if they fit your waist, the hip parts, it's like wearing jodhpurs. Like old Uh school purse. So that's probably what happened.
1: Okay, I can buy that.
0: Okay, that's my argument. Because I literally, I put thought into this.
1: We cracked the case of Cassie's (laughs) two small jeans.
0: And how they shrunk to be (laughs) this
1: way. Here on Animorphs Anonymous, we answer the important questions.
0: Yes, with total anonymity. Yes. Just going to keep interjecting that word as much as possible. You're going to perfect it by the end of this podcast. I will. I will be the Webster's Dictionary Google sound bite. Perfect. So, um, how this whole situation resolves itself with the jeans is that Rachel is like, Cassie, you got to come buy some new jeans with me. Like, that's totally unacceptable. And then um, Cassie's dad walks out and is like, Hey, guys what are you doing? And Rachel's like, we're going to go shopping. And Cassie's dad's like, no, just kidding. Get in the car, Cassie. We got to go out to crazy Helen's trailer. And um, two things happen here. One, the most important being Rachel then looks at Cassie's dad, whose jeans are also too short. Like they need to check their dryer <laughs> settings. <laughs> like, <laughs> they need to figure that shit out. And uh, Something also, is terribly wrong. <laughs> right? Like I don't know who does laundry at their house, but it's not working out for them. <laughs> and then he's also wearing two different socks, which admittedly I do. So I,
1: you know, I did that as well.
0: Yeah. Why match them? I thought it
1: was really cool. Yeah.
0: Right. It was the style, the alternative style back in, I don't know, I kept it going for way too long, so I don't have a good time period for you.
1: I feel like early, mid-2000s for me. I remember doing it in junior high.
0: Oh, see, I kept it going from high school throughout all of college. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'm sure you do because I just Drain take my socks. Trip and... pants phase. <laughs> Everyone knows about my trip pants now. I wore some looks back in the day. <laughs> I also wore goggles with it, but not like cool. Like, you know, oh, steampunk goggles, right? That looks pretty cool. No, fucking swim goggles, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like Fucking, I was not cool
1: fucking digimon made that popular, right i think
0: I, I was like fuck it i'll do it except this was again way too late after digimon came out for it to be acceptable not that it oh. ever was acceptable but
1: i uh, yeah we're, we're growing and evolving as a human species
0: i wear jeans now and you know what they fit okay anyways so um cassie's dad is like we gotta go check out this sick horse with that crazy Helen is telling us about. And uh, Rachel's like, Oh, great. And then they determine if she goes with them, then Cassie will get outfits the next day with her because Cassie doesn't want to be alone with her dad in the car, listening to terrible jazz music for like a fucking hour. She's like, Rachel, if you come with me and keep me sane, I will buy clothes with you. And Mm -hmm. so Rachel's like, good enough for me. Fuck it. So they get in the truck Drive out to Crazy Helen's trailer. And uh, when they get there, they meet, a like, literally, like, you know, an X-Files, like, believer. Like, I want to believe. But, like, you know, if David Duchovny wasn't so good looking and was a woman and was old and lived on, like, Area 51.
1: <laughs> so nothing like David Duchovny. So nothing like
0: David Duchovny. So basically take everything you know about David Duchovny and make it not that, and that's Crazy Helen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so Helen's like Yeah, there, there's a big horse over there it Looks like, uh, looks drunk And they're like, alright, fuck it So, like, they go to find the, like, drunk horse And sure enough, they find a wobbly horse That can't keep itself upright And they follow it to a payphone Where it's trying to place a fucking call
1: So, we never really figured out Why it was doing this
0: <laughs> It was calling the, the sharing hotline When eight hundred. <laughs> we don't have saucers
1: <laughs> Oh my god
0: yeah. I, like, I think he was literally trying to call for help. But, uh, like, like, I don't know to, why. I'm trying to
1: decide how much to discuss this without, like, getting into spoiler territory, because I'm, like, jumping ahead a lot. We can come back to this, I guess. Oh, we
0: but. can. as lo- I mean, as long as it's in this book, it's not spoiler territory. Okay. We've read the whole book. Okay, so,
1: like, is is it getting in contact with, with the rest of the Yerks? Because I thought they had a different method of communication
0: See, they they would if they were like if they could carry tools on them, but all they have are these horse bodies with like a modified speech chip, and that's it.
1: Okay,
0: like I don't uh, I don't think they have any other way of like phoning home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, well, was it was it placing a a collect call because if it didn't have quarters, it probably couldn't get very
0: far. <laughs> I'm just imagining the collect call. Were the also, pick us up? Like... <laughs> do not also, accept I'm... the charges <laughs> <laughs> i'm not
1: paying for that shit
0: i'm a sick horse pick me up <laughs> oh my god <laughs> what's, um... what's your first name esplan 5 did you get me <laughs> <laughs> sorry anyways uh i'm also
1: just i know i know in the description of the drylands cassie was saying it wasn't exactly desert but i'm I went on my geolocating mode, and Mm -hmm. I'm picturing the road that leads down from the Bay Area to LA, okay, which isn't, again, it isn't quite desert, but it's a big wasteland, and there's like, there's fucking nothing. There's like one gas station, and then like, like 500 miles of nothing. So I'm like, where did this fucking payphone come from?
0: The only thing I could think of is like, it is the edge of a military base, so it would Kind so of, there's some like there's, method of
1: civilization.
0: Yeah, like I imagine like, oh, here's where we dump the interlopers and there's a payphone there so they can call for help. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there is a gas station there, but like kind of further away. Like, you know how in some creepy movies where like the gas station is well lit and across the street, but like yeah. a quarter mile down the road is the payphone. Right. So, But there was a payphone in the middle of nowhere. It's very X-Files-like. Yeah. yeah. And also there's, like, you know, a giant military base, which just, like, screams, like, Nevada to me.
1: Yeah, I love how they called it Zone 91. (laughs) Like, Like, you could pick any number, any fucking number, and you pick one that ends in one.
0: Do you know how smart I felt when I figured out when I was a fucking, like, eight-year-old, hey, this is, like, Analog Area 51, like... I uh-huh. I figured this out and I was like I am the smartest person. So yeah, they, they she really did make it super obvious. So but yeah, this horse is trying to place a call. It's not going well.
1: It's not going well.
0: <laughs> it's not going well. They rush up to this horse that's trying to make this call and uh it wobbles. It tries to walk away. It wobbles. It falls down. And they rush up to it, and Cassie thinks she sees a slug crawling out of its ear, but it's kind of dusky, kind of dark, so, like, she's not really sure. Um, and she calls her dad over, but he really isn't paying attention to its head, because, like, you know, he's looking, he thinks it's a snake bite, so he's basically looking on the legs for a snake bite. Which, you know, whatever. And, uh, as they are treating this horse, a large white stallion runs up out of the darkness uh, and the yerk, they think they see the yerk and they think they see it kind of like reaching up to him as if like begging for help. And it just gets like fucked up from there on out because <laughs> the horse basically is like later slug and takes off running. And then Kate and mm-hmm. Cassie's like, Oh, I have a bad feeling about this. And then goes move. And then everything fucking blows up at once. And luckily Cassie's dad had just walked back to his truck but um, conveniently conveniently but rachel and cassie dodge and then get like blown to smithereens and die and that's the end of this book (laughs) Uh, we made it guys fluffer mckitty blew them up yep just kidding they lived (laughs) so cassie wakes up and is staring into giant alien eyes but it turns out it's just a cutout of like a little green Martian man. And she's actually in crazy Helen's trailer, which is filled with every sci-fi nineties movie trope ever. And a bunch of stuff that says zone 91. So, um, Cassie's dad's like, Oh, are you okay? And like checking her over and making sure she seems okay. And crazy Helen's like, Oh, here have this mug. It's normally like five ninety nine, but you can have it for free. Cause you almost died. <laughs> like that's literally like what she says. I wrote
1: down, um, I went to the drylands and all I got was a concussion and a dirty mug.
0: <laughs> she literally did like wipe it on her shirt. Like it's covered like, yeah. in dust, and she's like, Here have this fucking shitty mug. <laughs> like, mugs still cost more than five ninety nine in the nineties, yeah. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like Whatever.
0: this has to be the shittiest mug of all time.
1: It's like hella clearance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then she she gives Rachel a shitty pecan log, which I actually had to look up. And, like, there's no yeah, way what that wasn't expired. It's, like, literally a large... And when I say large, I mean, like, think the diameter of a Swiss roll, but longer. Like, maybe a foot long. And it's, like, a caramel peanut butter roll that's rolled with, like, pecans on it. So, okay. it's, like, a disgusting, terrible-for-you snack that, like, I just uh-huh. can't picture Rachel eating, like, at all. And it's it's very old school. Like it's an old school can it's like a payday if you blew it up and made it pecans. Beautiful. It's gross. Like I'd try see, it for sure.
1: See, I did not know what it was and I didn't look it up because I figured we could have this conversation on the podcast. <laughs> um but I'm just I was picturing Rachel just like holding this log um a la the log lady from Twin Peaks. <laughs> And
0: I was just like, what? See, I was picturing her holding a, a small branch of a pecan tree when I first <laughs> ran this. So, like, she's just holding this little stick that's like yeah. a foot long. Like, ah, yes, thank you, Crazy Helen, for my stick. <laughs> but, like,. Oh my god, how awesome is that visual of her, like the log lady from Twin Peaks. Oh my god. (laughs) It's the aliens. (laughs) She's just petting it slowly. Oh Oh my god. Oh my god, and then Cassie could fill up her mug and like be like, ah, this is a damn fine cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, Crazy Helen living in her Twin Peaks universe. Um... They, at this point, they, Crazy Helen is just, like, literally over the top, like, giving them sci-fi mugs. There's x file shit, there's Little Green Men, all that sort of shit. And Rachel's like, I don't believe in aliens. And then Helen, like, goes on a rant about why she should believe in aliens, which is so funny. I love the fucking sassiness in this book. Um, but yeah, so Helen rants for a bit. That blows over. Cassie asks about the explosion, what they think caused caused it and helen's like aliens and her dad's like well you know we're pretty close to an air force base and they must have just lost a missile and like the horse's body weight set it off like you know it's something like that and cassie's a landmine yeah cassie's like that's super logical but fucking crazy helen's right (laughs) (laughs) so that was awesome i'm really glad she's getting like justified in here
1: yeah, I I wrote down that um, I really enjoyed how she was going on all these rants about how the government is like listening to us and and they implanting stuff in our brains. And I'm like, nowadays, like we actively know that the government is listening to us via our smartphones and our cameras and stuff. Like,
0: yeah, and like, man, we don't care. Yeah, like in the I nineties, mean, we would have revolted.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we care, but we're also just kind of like, what can we
0: do? Come listen to me talk about Animorphs. <laughs> what if there's somebody, like, listening to our phone calls in the government, but they're like, oh, this is actually, like, a pretty, like, decent podcast. And so he just tunes <laughs> in? Like, man. Oh, man. If you're listening, government, you should really download this from, like, you know, iTunes or, like, Podbean Because yeah. that way we, yeah. we know that you're listening and we just like it or leave us yeah. a five-star review government officials <laughs> yeah come on come on guys tell us Do about how aliens don't exist and you're not actually tapping our phone lines
1: <laughs> and it's completely
0: anonymous yeah there's anonymity yeah <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> okay so the whole crazy hell thing ends they leave it's all fine everything's fine so the next day, <laughs> the kids all meet at the mall to buy outfits. Like Cassie has outfits now. Oh, no. I know. And uh, that this is when they go over the character descriptions. This is kind of where we get the opening sequence. And we're already mm. like pretty far into the book at this point. Jeez. And 45 minutes yeah. or so for this podcast. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> oh no. Oh well, fuck it. Editing. <laughs> Editing, bonus tracks, whatever. So um we get the character descriptions. Um and my favorite Jake Marco interaction of all time, which was the argument over whether cheese tastes green or yellow. Yes. Oh, I love I was it. like, this is where it came from. Yeah, this book. This is and I think like I think I said way early on that, like, I had this argument with a friend. And then that friend was Stephanie, who was on Andalite Chronicles, who I think we brought up that we were the ones that argued about it. And so here's your recap. Stephanie from Andalite Chronicles and I had this argument one day on the bus for, like, a fucking hour. And it was awesome. And, like, I don't think either of us even really believed what we were arguing. It was just like, haha, look at us doing Animorphs things. (laughs) So anyways, yeah. Isn't there a
1: psychological term for that, for associating color with things in that way?
0: There is. And my friend uh, Jess has a mild form of it. So she, I don't know. I think it's she, yeah, she tastes colors or hears colors, something like Mm -hmm. that, something like that, where she has like, she has those associations. I can't remember what it's called. It's an actual thing, though. Yeah, maybe I'll look it up and post it to like the Facebook group or something. I don't know. <laughs> maybe probably not, but maybe <laughs> at some point. At some
1: point, I'm gonna marathon all the episodes we've done so far. Find all the things we said we were gonna look up that that we actually never <laughs> ended up doing, and then just like wrap and post them all to Andalite
0: Bandalites. Oh my god, just like a dumb post of here's everything we promised we'd look up. Yeah.
1: for Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh god, that's. Do you know how many hours of listening that is at this point?
1: I. Sure, but it's fine.
0: That's like 36. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Okay, <laughs> anyways, I'm going to keep going. So anyways, uh, one of the most interesting things we get to see finally is Tobias in his human morph joining the mall meetings.
1: Oh, God, I cried. Oh, no.
0: Inside, okay. not
1: externally
0: i'm never sure (laughs) but yeah tobias joins in to this mall meeting and he's like super jumpy and very much like i can't see anything i'm really blind i know poor tobias but he's in he's like back in his human form so that's awesome Mm -hmm. um and then somebody throws a french fry and axe does like some matrix maneuver to grab it midair and eat it and freak the fuck out about how good french fries taste
1: I wrote down a quote, um, which is Axe is brilliant and decent and honorable and brave when he's in his own body, as opposed to when he's a human and he's a fucking monster.
0: <laughs> and he's terrible and not decent and a loser. <laughs> oh.
1: Poor Axe. I love Axe. I do too.
0: He's like still all of those things in human morph. It's just he loses his fucking mind over the <laughs> sense of taste. <laughs> uh oh jeez. Oh, yeah so axe is like just he's having the time of his life like the food court at the mall is like the greatest place on earth to him mm-hmm. <laughs> um so there's some other banter some funny comments but um marco basically recaps for everybody what cassie and rachel told them i, I should have written this down it seems like marco's like the recapper whenever there's group meetings like he sums everything up very succinctly after people sure. tell him their stories. I don't know, just a thing I'm somehow noticing. I think he a smart boy. He a smart boy. Um, so they tell him this stuff, but they don't quite believe Rachel and Cassie. They're like, mm, "Are you sure it was the Yerkes? And they're like, You're "Fucking like
1: gaslighting him."
0: <laughs> they are, and like Cassie's like, "I'm not sure of myself anymore." And it's like, okay, this is really kind of a dick thing, like. Of all the people in the world that would be like, oh, that doesn't sound believable, it's not the six fucking kids that have morphing abilities. One's an alien and they're Mm -hmm. fighting to save the world from a super, like, secret invasive species. Like, you just, there has to be, like, a level that you accept from these people. Like, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, it's not like me being a jerk telling some, like, I wouldn't come to you and be like, hey, guess what happened? Fucking aliens and horses. And you'd be like, yeah, (laughs) bullshit. Okay. But, like, these guys know there's aliens. Like, it's a thing. Right. Anyways. So, um, Jake dips out of the mission because he has to go to his dad's birthday. And Axe basically is like, this mission's dumb. I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) So, Marco, Rachel, Tobias, and Cassie are like, All right, let's go. And Tobias is mostly in it for the sweet thermals. And they're like, let's go check it out. Tobias is kind of like, yeah, what the fuck else am I going to do? I'll join in. Whatever. Oh, Yeah. So, oh, God, this next part. So good. So (laughs) Cassie shows up to school in one of the outfits that Rachel buys her the next day. Um, Rachel is touring her around to all of the guys that, like, fawn over Rachel and, like, tell her, like, how pretty she is or anything. And they keep getting Cassie's name terribly wrong. <laughs>
1: like, that...
0: hi, Karen.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That speaks to me on a personal level. I
0: thought it might. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was so good, though. Oh, I mean, geez. they just, they're like, she's like, oh, but what about my friend here? What do you think of her? And they're like, hello, Norma? <laughs> like, <laughs> It's totally fucked up. Oh my and then God. finally, Rachel's like, she thinks she's saved when a guy that Cassie used to take riding le- lessons with shows up. But then he ends up asking her if she's trying to bulk up because she looks like she's gained weight. And Rachel just like literally shoves him over. Like, fuck you, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's so mean. Oh God. It was like the ultimate mean girls moment.
1: Fucking Joe. <laughs>
0: Oh, she God. just, like, shoved
1: him into some lockers. Yeah, a
0: bit. she did. And then they keep going. And then finally Jake comes up and Rachel, like, shows off Cassie. Like, ah, thank God, a, a decent human being. And I think they say that. Like, ah, Jake's the one, like, decent person we know. And um, Jake just kind of replies, yeah, she looks great. But she always does. And Cassie Aww. is like, Oh. And Rachel's Aww. just like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so awesome like Rachel's just like that's the fucking shittiest response I've ever heard and then she says something like yeah Jake's an idiot too and Cassie's like no he really is the only decent person we know (laughs) (laughs) so finally Cassie gets to first period and she's like minding her own business going through her notes when Marco comes like bursting in is like oh my god Oh my God, who is this vision of loveliness? This can't possibly be a human. No, nothing as flawless as she is. Oh my God, how could I have passed this (laughs) up? This wonder of humanity. And Cassie's just like, yeah, how much should Rachel pay you to do this? And Marco's like, $2, but she's an idiot I would have done it for $1. Oh my God, I
1: loved that entire exchange. It was just amazing.
0: I loved it so much. Oh, Marco is just prime funny in this one. I love this book so much. Like
1: It's really good.
0: I know a lot of its nostalgia, but like there's just it's there's so many gems in this yeah. book. Oh god. It's it's fluff. It's total fluff, but I love it. It's great. I love fluff. It's my favorite stuff. Fluff Aww. stuff. Well you are going to hate the end of this podcast. <laughs> no, no, Why? Because fluff is harder to come by. <laughs> oh. No, it's it'll it'll be it'll be good. Everything will be good. It's all good. We're fine. Is it? I think so. It, yeah. <laughs>
1: awkward silence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I. It's good. I use the awkward silence to wipe away my tears from laughing.
1: Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> laughing uh-huh. at Marco. <laughs> He's.
0: Still- <laughs> This vision of loveliness I can barely comprehend. Oh my god, I love him. Okay, so anyways (laughs) Cassie, Rachel, Tobias, and Marco meet up at the barn. Cassie is finishing up her last patient for the day, which is the possum, and Marco's like, Why is there an extra Oh, why isn't it oh possum? Why isn't it? Fucking (laughs) bright? I mean he's right, but like he's given it a lot of thought. Like a lot. But yeah, so Tobias is scouting out for them and he's like, all clear, we're all good. And there's like some, Cassie's like explaining something about like, you know, he can see, like if he says my dad's five minutes away, he's five minutes away, he can see his like nose hairs from the driveway, blah, 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 kind of stuff, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) It was a pretty gross descriptor actually when she said it. It was, it was like, you know, he, yeah, something like that. But anyways, um, they start morphing. And we get some really good descriptions of that. And one of the things that happens to Cassie during her morph is that she gets, like, her long, scaly bird legs because she's morphing the, uh, I always want to say Harrier, but that's Axe's morph, the Osprey. Um, And so she's got these really long, scaly legs. And Marco starts singing a ZZ Top song, which is she's (laughs) got legs and she knows how to use them which i don't actually know that song but we did um have a burrowing owl at the rehab center where i worked um named zz or zz top because he's got legs and that's the only part i know all right so they get morphed zz top happens all good so the kids take off they're flying out to the badlands and zone 91 also is the badlands a real place I never thought to the, look that the up. The Badlands
1: are; um, those are in <laughs> the Dakotas somewhere.
0: I thought you were gonna, just the way that you started out saying Badlands. I thought you were going to go Basleth. I'm like, no, that's Star Trek. Why are we talking about the, Star Trek now? Wait, like the basilisk? The Batleth?
1: Oh, I don't know what that is. It's but the, I know it, what a basilisk is. Well,
0: I don't, yeah, basilisks are badass. The Batleth is uh, the... <laughs> the badass
1: batleth basilisk. <laughs>
0: Oh God. God! Hey, I have been nailing my words after the first ten minutes of recording.
1: Sure, he, that was your warm up period. <laughs>
0: that was my warm up stutter. Um, no, the Batleth is the curved blade. Um, that
1: sounds ridiculous.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, it's a curved blade.
0: It's the famous curved blade that the. What the fuck is Worf? He's a he's a a Wookie. <laughs> <More stream. laughs> what <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> you're mixing the time streams
1: i did that on never cross the stream never
0: cross the stream oh no oh god i'm just trolling I, you know what i'm gonna if you're gonna be a hater i'm gonna dab on you can you hear me dabbing i'm dabbing I,
1: i'm
0: dabbing on you i'm right gonna
1: now. dab right back here we go no
0: i don't know what to do if you dab back <laughs> I don't know what to do.
1: Oh my god! I wish I had a water bottle so I could flip it onto a table.
0: I have a cup. I'll throw a cup. Oh no! <laughs> well, I guess we found out what happens when a hater dabs back, and it's nothing.
1: Is it like dividing by zero?
0: Where what? We just have to infinitely dab at each other now until there's a victor. <laughs>
1: Dab battle.
0: Dab. <laughs> you just stand there in the same position it's the worst fucking battle of all time <laughs> do people even dab anymore
1: i don't think so i think the kids were doing it and then the adults started doing it and then the kids were like this isn't cool anymore
0: <laughs> once the adults start dabbing what i love though is like there's so many shitty trends and like stupid things that like adults are like oh no I can't believe the kids are doing that. How dare they? These idiots spoiled millennials and their awards or whatever the fuck they say now. But then, like, dabbing, they're like, I embrace this wholeheartedly. (laughs) I embrace the dab culture. Oh, my God. Why? Maybe adults are just afraid to do the other things that kids do. Like, they're like, we can do dabbing because it won't hurt my knees or my back. (laughs) You pull a muscle dabbing. <laughs> I so want to go to the doctor like,
1: I hurt my shoulder dabbing. Can you give, can you give me some drugs? Oh, God. <laughs> They're going to have this shitty infomercial for that shitty, like, medication. <laughs> Did
0: you dab too much? <laughs> Apply directly to dab spot. Apply directly to dab spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm losing my goddamn mind. We are riding off the rails on a crazy train right now. I know. We so are it's kind of because of this book because this book is so off the rails that it's it's insane it's insane it's truly insane so um this is where things start to get really good and i say that even though we've already had so many good moments but uh they the kids are flying out to the badlands they get out there um cassie kind of ignores everybody because they're like just bullshitting with each other and cassie's like fuck all of them i hate this shit Uh, And then Tobias points out a sign that expressly forbids them from going past it. And they're like, "Ah, bye and keep going. (laughs) Um, And then Tobias admits as they're looking for like horse controllers that he doesn't quite believe that those even exist. He's like, it just doesn't make sense because they like, you know, why would they take over horses? Like, that's weird. So they decide to like take a break, demorph, like hang out for a little bit. They go sit down on this rocky area where there's a little bit of shade. And Marco allegedly almost gets his butt bitten off by a snake, um, which is hilarious. Mm. Marco freaks the fuck out. It's awesome. And then Rachel, she's like, let's remorph and keep going. And Cassie's like, let's rest for a bit. And they're like lounging when all of a sudden they hear like ka and there's a bunch of guns like trained on them. And apparently, like, fully cocked safety off. And I was like, I don't think that's really safe. I don't think they would really do that to a bunch of children. Um, But whatever. And so they are surrounded by weird dudes from the army base. And the kids are like... (laughs) Weird dudes? Well, they're kind of weird dudes. They drew guns on three unarmed children in spandex. And the guy's like, okay, shoo that big buzzard away. He's creeping me out. And they're like, oh, that's Tobias. Uh, and the kids are under <laughs> some sort of arrest. And they're like, put your shoes on. Let's go. And they're like, oh, fuck. We don't have shoes. And the guys are like, how did you get out here with no shoes? And they're like, they're... did you take a car out here? And they're like, no, there hasn't been any cars on the road today. Like, And so Marco, with what I can only assume is a shit-eating grin, says, the Martians dropped us off here. Uh, I want to dab for Marco right now. Yep. <laughs> he If he knew about dabbing in the 90s, he would have just done it. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, so the kids are uh, escorted to the base and taken into an interrogation room and interrogated by one of my all-time favorite side characters in Animorphs, really? Captain Torelli. This guy is dedicated to his job. <laughs> no matter What? This guy has no life. (laughs) The fact that he even, like, has a girlfriend by the end of this is astounding. So Cassie's giving us a short description of the room before Torelli gets there. And the most important point she notices is that there's, like, a bulletin board and there's a flyer pinned up there for the gardens. And then Torelli comes in and he is trying to interrogate them. But, like, he and Marco are the exact opposites. Like... Cassie's really trying to suck up and Marco's like where's the aliens where do you keep the aliens (laughs) there's some shit going down here and I'm gonna find out it's the aliens fucking Marco I know and Torelli's like I I am not authorized to tell you what we're doing here but I am authorized to tell you there are no aliens we have no (laughs) flying saucers here And Marco is just relentless. He's like, I know you're hiding them aliens. (laughs) (laughs) So um, Torelli tells them, normally they would let them go with a stern warning. But because they didn't have shoes, his spidey senses are tingling. He doesn't say that because he doesn't know who Spider-Man is. Because he has no idea what pop culture is. But he's like, "Right?" he's so far out of the loop. So far. He has no life. None to speak of. So he's like, Marco... Uh, Well, he doesn't know Marco's name. He's like, I need your name, and I need your parents' phone number, because I gotta call him. And Marco's like, my name is Fox Mulder. And he goes, (laughs) okay, write down your names and the phone numbers. And then he's like, Fox Mulder on the paper, number to Pizza Hut. And then it's Rachel's turn. What does Rachel write down? That's right, Dana fucking Scully. Hell yeah. And gives him the number to a sports complex? And then Cassie... Miss fucking improv always say yes here. Writes down that her name is Cindy Crawford and her phone number is one two three four five six seven eight. That's right, four five six seven eight.
1: Oh my god! And
0: I, in the nineties, you didn't need an area code.
1: That's true. That <laughs> so is true.
0: That is their number, um,
1: <laughs> dude. This was a wasted opportunity to use eight six seven five
0: three zero nine. Oh, it see it was. Uh, Oh, I would have
1: done that so hard.
0: Yeah, but none of them picked Jenny.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: She should have, though. Yeah. Should have written Jennifer Aniston. eight (laughs) five seven 867-5309. I fucked up that number. (sighs) 867-5309. The other thing was when I was younger and she's like, she gave him the, when Marco gave the number to Pizza Hut, I was like, oh, that checks out because we had a pizza place in Canada called Pizza Pizza, and the jingle was five, six, seven, eleven, eleven. 11, phone pizza pizza, and then I just always said, hey, 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 but there's probably words there. Anyways, <laughs> I, so I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I would totally know, like, the Pizza Hut number, because I know the Pizza Pizza number. I'm like, I could pull this off. Like, I could totally pull this off. <laughs> so, God. I got really excited. I'm not sure if I knew who Fox Mulder and Dana Scully were back in the 90s, though. Like, I was, I think when I started this, I was a little bit younger than... Then, like, too young to watch X-Files. Yeah. And yet, here I was, reading Animorphs. (laughs) My parents were not into reading. (laughs) Yeah, so those are the lies that they tell Torelli, who accepts them whole fucking heartedly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god.
0: He's like, ah, yes. Even Cindy Crawford does not tip him off. He's like, ah, yes, that is your name. And your nine-digit phone number. <laughs> Jesus,
1: you idiot. She's like,
0: I love this so much. And, like, Marco was giving her shit. Marco's like, what? Remind me to never be a spy with you. Like, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So they decide to go roach and get out of there before Torelli gets back. And uh, so they morph roaches, and they start scurrying towards, like, whatever the scariest thing is. Because they're like, ah, roaches are afraid of light, and we want to go into the light, so... Just go there. And Torelli comes, like, raging back into the room, like, calling a pizza place. I'll tell them what. And, uh, of course, they just scurry away. They're not concerned about Torelli anymore at all. And the only thing they have to be worried about now is not getting stomped down by soldiers. So they have this moment where there's, like, a column of boots stomping. And they're like, ah, we're going to get killed. And then they're like, let the roach brains take over and we'll live. So they do. Everything's fine. They get out of there, they call for Tobias to come pick them up, and Tobias is like, ah, gotcha. Like, he takes a minute to spot them, he's like, okay, I see you, I'm coming in. Um, They're freaking out because they're on concrete, which is super hot. Uh, And then right as Tobias picks them up, he doesn't quite get Cassie fully, so he takes her up and then drops her. Right in front of a column of tanks. And she gets run over by the the tread. And it squishes her into the ground. And she's like, it felt like a crazy, unimaginable force for forever. But then she, uh, she makes it up there. Remembers she has wings so she can get herself flipped over. She flips her roach body over, scurries out of the way of the rest of the tanks. And Tobias is able to swoop in and grab her. And Marco is just laughing for like ten God. fucking minutes straight. Like... Marco thinks this is the best thing that's ever happened to them. And Tobias is just repeatedly apologizing. Aww. <laughs> I know. Uh. So, they, Tobias flies them out of there. They find a place to demorph. And when Marco finally stops laughing, Rachel starts giving him shit for egging on Torelli. And this is, like, this to my child brain was, like, the highest form of intellect right here. Marco explains that if he hadn't of kept going on about aliens, then Torelli would never have let them go without getting in contact with their parents. Now he's just going to be like, okay, they are just some like delusional kids that thought that there was aliens here and they're trying to fucking find us. So like, it's fine. And I was like, Marco's a genius. Because now I'm going to get away with it. Pretty much. Yeah, I just got really excited. Anyways, uh, so they hear a noise, they jump into the bushes, and they hide. And Tobias, like, goes up to scout it out. He calls out, it's just a a herd of horses, nobody panic." But Cassie, like, stops him. She's like, wait a minute, like, let's not jump out of this bush quite yet. So they start watching the horses, like, what's happening? And uh, the horses are acting normally at first, but then one of them just starts to poop. And the other horses all turn to it and start fucking laughing at it. And so the horse goes to hide behind a bush to poop in private, and that's when they know, these are your courses." Ha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, So I have to stop the show right now to talk about horse poop for just a second. Excellent. So <laughs> poop is great. It's really good for like telling a lot about health of animals. Here's the mm-hmm. problem. Horses poop about every 45 minutes. So, try being a troop of yerk horses that have to feed every three days. Like, you're not on a strict time limit like the Animorphs, but you're on a time limit. And there's, what, let's say six horses in this herd of yerk horses. Do you know how many fucking times a day they have to go find fucking yerk outhouses to poop in? Like, Day two, they'd just be pooping everywhere in front of each other. Because they'd be like, oh my fucking god, we cannot stop this column again to find a black bathroom in the wilderness. No, fuck this. Just
1: poop. Oh my god. Like,
0: come on. You're right. I also...
1: I also don't think yurks I assume Yurk's in their natural state have to poop or, like, excrete waste somehow.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, because... Like they they soak up Kindrona rays, right? But like plants they soak up rays from the sun. How like their expelled waste is oxygen. So like what would yerk yeah. expelled waste be? What's the n- unless
1: unless Unless yerks, <laughs> Unless Um <laughs> Um Unless these yerks that are infesting these horses previously had human hosts and have adapted to the concept that Humans generally do not poop in front of each other. I mean,
0: generally other alien bodies that they infest too, I assume, don't poop in front of each other. Because otherwise they'd be pooping all over the alien ships, right? Yes. Where do Horkbazur's poop? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I missed have so many questions. Ooh, ooh, what if yerk poop is the chemical that they secrete that numbs the ear canal when they're going into your brain so it doesn't hurt as much? Oh, Waste not. Right? Just like oxygen. It's something that theoretically is beneficial. I mean, oxygen, I can't argue that. Oxygen is beneficial. (laughs) But, like, your secretions are good? Question mark? If you're infested. Not that you want to be infested, but it's good that they have it, if that is how that works.
1: We can talk about this more on our taxonomy
0: of... Taxonomy of taxonomorphs. Taxonomy of taxons. Well, that's, yeah, that is an episode. I just want to tex- yeah. tax on Never mind. It was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Yeah. Tax on. I apologize. Tax, tax on, tax off. The taxer. Anyway. All right. So the kids decide the best way to spy on horses is to be horses. And they're going to go get some horses. So Cassie's like, we can't all be my horse because my horse is, like, Got distinctive markings, and like, we don't just want to show up all as the same one. Tobias is like, What about the gardens? And Cassie's like, They only have exotic horse breeds there. And then Rachel's like, Ah, oh, the racetrack. My dad took me there last weekend. It's great. So they're like, Ah, oh, perfect. We'll go to the racetrack to get horses. And Axe is very confused about what a racetrack is or why they have horses or like whatever, but they're going to go spy on the Yorks. So he's like, All right, I'm in for the ride, I guess. So, um, they go to the racetrack instead of, like, a neighboring farm for reasons that we don't know. (gasps) And, uh, the kids are like, whatever, it'll be fine. So they fly out there as seagulls, and they're pointing out all the food along the way. But things are relatively uneventful until they get to the racetrack. They're looking for a place to demorph, and Tobias suggests an open stall, so they fly in and start demorphing. Which is all fine and dandy. But, like, also they don't really let you into the back section of the track, so there's not really a good way to be back here quietly. And, uh, they should have just, like, done this some other way. <laughs> but anyways, they go into the to one of the empty stalls. They start demorphing when two old men show up and start asking questions. And these are just, like, old, like, farmer hick dudes, like, chewing on cigars. Like, what the fuck's going on here? As they, like, put their thumbs through their overalls. They're probably not wearing a shirt. It's just overalls over bare chest. In my head. I
1: I feel like people who go and bet on horse races are kind of fancy, though.
0: The people that bet on them are, but the people that breed them are, like... I mean, they're just, like, regular horse trainers, right? You don't wear a suit when you go to train racehorses. Like, it's the same as, you know, they're still going to drool on you. They're still going to get sweaty on you. They're still going to wipe their face on you. And they're, like, a bunch of, like, idiot two- and three-year-olds. So they're still going to, like, drag you around for the most part. I mean, most racehorses oh. are.
1: I had a question for you. Yeah. Because um, back way back earlier when they were talking in the mall about horses, mm-hmm. um, Axe asked if um, horses were smart. And Cassie said, no, they're kind of dumb, actually. And I wanted to ask if you th- agreed with that.
0: Um, I mean, generally, I'd say, yeah, there's always exceptions where like a horse is relatively smart, but it depends, right? It depends on the definition of smart. Like, I there's, they spook at their own farts and they, they get scared of shadows. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> they're stupid, but like. Also, they're very trainable and, like, can figure out, like, how to do tricks and, like, they're interested in engaging with you and interested in, like, learning new things with you and, like, how to interact. So, it, like, I mean, it's it's a whole range. It really, really depends. And they there's always times that they will do dumb shit. I mean, at the end of the day, as for however smart they're going to be, they're prey animals. They're going to be reactive to stupid shit because... The horses that we have today are the ones that have lived through, you know, years and hundreds and hundreds and of years of evolution and staying alive and not getting hunted down by predators. So that they just do dumb shit because they're prey animals. Anyway, I'll just keep going because <laughs> this is just going to, like, all snowball in a minute here once we get into it. So, um... The kids start demorphing in the uh, the stall (laughs) and Axe like ducks his head down when these two old men show up and Cassie jumps in front of his tail and the guys start with like what are you doing here and Cassie's like oh we're grooming our horse. They're like well that's a small horse what are you feeding it and Marco's like Marco ever the improver is like we feed him like horse food. I have to open so many cans of horse food all the time. Like, I just days. You should see how much horse food this guy eats. And then Cassie's like, no, we feed him alfalfa and hay. Like, you know, normal fucking people. And then the guys start calling Axe a swayback nag, which is, like, really fucking mean. Like, yeah, that's terrible. And then they tell the kids to get out of there so they can see what go- what's going on. And so Axe, like basically just twitches and, like, shoots his tail out and cuts down a beam that, like, hits them in the head so all the kids can, like, jump out of there like it's a fucking cartoon. (laughs) So um, they all start running. Cassie gets cut off by a door opening and a teenage groom jumps out and grabs her and he says something like, I got this guy. And she's like, I am not a guy. So, like, kicks him and, like, runs free. Um, But then apologizes
1: for kicking him. Right,
0: then apologizes for kicking him. Like, she... She got mad, so she did it, and then she felt bad, so she apologized. (laughs) We're all learning and growing as people, Cassie. (laughs) But, yeah, so she jumps into a stall, and there's a big Palomino stallion, and to avoid being mauled, she starts acquiring him. All right, so let's talk horses for a minute. This horse (laughs) that she's acquiring, this big Palomino stallion, is in the running for the Kentucky Derby. Now, Kentucky Derby is only run by one type of horse. That is a thoroughbred. Racing in the way that it is done in this book with a jockey on a horse running is really popularly only done by two breeds of horses, a thoroughbred and a quarter horse. Those are two different types of racing. A quarter horse is the fastest horse you can be on for a quarter of a mile. That is as long as they can run effectively. That's why it's a quarter horse. That's the name. Right. Thoroughbreds can run for longer. So this one is going to be a Kentucky Derby horse. That means it is a thoroughbred. Thoroughbreds do not come in the color Palomino. (laughs) (laughs) I looked it up to be 100% sure. There is technically a small subset of them, I believe, in the Japanese market, which is really big in thoroughbred racing, very oddly enough. But um, it is very rare and it is not something that you would find in the US really. They are all chestnuts, they are bays, they are what even white really not. Like they're grays. They're not really light white. There's a few color morphs around the US. There's like bird spots, but like you you're not you're not going to get a palomino for all intents and purposes in the Kentucky Derby. It's just not not a thing that happens, okay? And it's also not really a wild horse color as well which is is arguable because there is domesticated herds mixed in with those but like really it's not it's not a thing so let's continue on (laughs) (laughs) then we'll loop back
1: (laughs) that is that's good factual facts
0: right there though oh i have so much i have so much more to talk about (laughs) jesus yeah it's it's really like it's just not gonna happen but she acquires Minneapolis Max, whatever, um, and she starts morphing into him to avoid getting, like, you know, caught by stable hands, whatever. We get a pretty cool description of morphing here, actually. I really did appreciate this one about, like, how the eyes are moving and the ears going up their head and all that sort of stuff. It was re- I just really like this morph sequence. Um, however. However.
1: When is the knee reversing direction thing going to die off?
0: I don't know because you legit can match up bone for bone people uh-huh. and horses. So. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I think we've proven that most quadrupeds, the part that people thought was the knee is actually the heel. Yeah. Like, argh, whatever.
0: Same with horses. The knee is like, it's hip to knee, it's all up in the body. And then what's extending down is you know like where your kind of shin would be your calf area and then like the back the reversed part is just your ankle like
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then like even down to the toes like horses have a bone in their foot that matches up with like finger bones like it's it's a thing yeah. it's a thing it matches i don't know <laughs> so anyways yeah so that happens but um i'll just i'll just keep going because i'm about to mm-hmm. like get even more intense do it. so uh yeah so she starts morphing um once Cassie morphs into a stallion allegedly he doesn't react really because they have the same smell I'll I'll accept it I'll accept it in this instance because horses do rely on smell and it is well known that like if you want to get a mare to accept a foal that's not hers, like if she loses it and you have a foal that needs a mom, they'll do that switch sometimes. And one of the ways you do it is you take the dead horses, like you'll put a blanket on the dead baby, like before he dies, hopefully, but like, sure, whatever. And then you rub Uh, the smell on the new horse to get it. So I'll accept it. Okay. Like they're also like reliant on sight, but whatever. I'll accept it. So Cassie says she does something no other horse is capable of doing, and she opens the stall door latch and steps out. Um, Many horses are capable of this. <laughs> Many. I know one yeah. personally that used to do this so she could go eat grass on the front lawn. And she would literally <laughs> just let herself out, walk outside, eat some grass, and when she's done, come back in. So <sighs> she's like... That, that's happening. And also these aren't like, when you go to a racetrack, these are not stall doors, like for the most part. I mean, every racetrack has a little bit of a different design, but like, it's not what Cassie is thinking it is. (laughs) Okay. So horses are smart enough to undo the latches. Oh, also she gets out. Then, uh, this guy sees her and says, grab, grab them. That's Minneapolis max. Like the greatest racers of all time, blah, blah. blah. Everyone freaks out. (laughs) They're, like, grab his gear and get him ready because he's about to run. So they should have already been, like, grooming him and shit, but whatever. They grab his gear, tack him up, and take him to the warm-up area and, like, viewing area. Okay. So, like, 80 things. <laughs> horses are totally smart enough to undo the latches on the stall. Yep. One of the – another thing that Cassie gave us during the morph is she says horses do not have great binocular vision – um, between their two eyes, cause they're too far apart. And she goes, so you can only see in 3d directly in front of your nose, which is like where, you know, where the overlap of vision is speaking from eyes, the perspective of how eyes work. That is correct. However, horse's eyes are too far apart. They do not have an overlapping part in the front. They have a blind spot directly in front of them. That is why when you're reaching for the top of their head, you just run your hand up the front of their nose. They can feel it, but they can't see it, so they don't really react. And you can reach something on top of their head if they're freaking out, generally. Doesn't always work. But yeah, they have a blind spot there and also directly behind them because there is not overlap. It's just the side vision. They really do not have much in the front. And also this kind of depends on the way the horse's face is built, too. There's differences in where they can see because of how wide their foreheads are. Um, that's also why very small jumps, like jumps that are thin, are harder for them to jump because they cannot see it until the last second because all they see is the standards on the side. They can't see the direct in front of them. Anyways. um, This is so cool. (laughs) I have so many things. Uh, also they put the gear on the horse. It is tack. It is not gear. It is tack. You tack up a horse. Let's just get that out of the way. Um. (laughs) right so the palomino thing i already went on a rant about uh also if this horse was a contender for the kentucky derby he would be under three years old um if we want to go through a little bit about how thoroughbreds are aged no matter when they are born their birthday is new year's eve it's so if they are born in july of 2018 on december or Uh, January 1st of 2019, they are one years old according to the Jockey Club. Interesting. Yeah. So you always want to, that's why a lot of horses thoroughbreds, anyway, skew earlier in the season. You want them to be bigger as much as they can be. So you will even have thoroughbreds being bored like January, February. You can't have any horses older than that because it it has to be like kind of an unproven talent kind of a horse. So you can't enter a seven-year-old into the Derby. It's just not allowed. So as a three-year-old stallion, he would not be ready to go hoof to hoof with another stallion. Uh, at this age in the wild, he would be a loner. He'd be part of a stallion band, which is literally young stallions. Once they're kicked out, once they're too old to be in the group and they start challenging the, the stallion that's the leader of the band, they kick them out. And stallions will form their own like three and four stallion herds and wander around and keep each other safe until they can go and contest for their own mares. So this horse would not be like this raging maniac right now. He'd be an idiot because he's a baby and he's going to spook at things and be silly and do stupid things, but he's not going to just be this rage induced stallion. Like it's just not going to work. (laughs) Um, Cassie, Maybe they
1: doped him, and he's got more testosterone.
0: Yeah. Well, they would get in trouble for that. They they do a ton of testing at racetracks, and they do random like blood tests and things like that. So they would totally pick that up. There's a they go through a lot at racetracks, especially like once it gets towards like oh if this is contender for the Derby, if they get the wrong supplement, sometimes that can make them test for a drug, and they can be totally eliminated and fined and all sorts of things. Hmm. Like, they have to be very careful with these horses. And he would also just be a baby. Like, they're babies that are running. He's, it's three years old, right? So he's really two and a half tops. Like.
1: Is he full grown physically, though?
0: Um, it, it takes about seven years for them to fully grow and come into their own and for all of their bones to fuse. So size wise, like height, very close to full grown, if not full grown. I mean, usually they grow a couple more inches, but like nothing huge, right? He's going to be close Uh to it, but he's not going to be totally physically sound. That's why people have um, such big problems with like the thoroughbred racing is because they are babies and their bones aren't fully fused and formed yet. So it puts a lot of stress on their bodies and it causes breakdowns at the track. That's why you see all of these um, crazy accidents there. And it's also a lot mentally for a three-year-old to deal with. So... If you get a bad trainer or a horse that's just unprepared for it, it they can get crazy just because it's so much for them. Like, it's just, it's a lot to deal with. Like, they're a prey animal. They're being shoved into a tiny box with a bunch of other horses that they don't know. There's people, there's music, there's trumpets, there's waving banners, there's smells that are food smells. And like, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Like, it's a lot. And then they're asked to run far.
1: It's like toddlers in tiaras, but with horses.
0: Yes, yeah, but also then if you made the toddlers and tiaras do, like, a really, really intense physical thing (laughs) that pushed them to their limits. no. Yeah, like, it's it's a lot, Um, and it can lead to some pretty horrific things, Uh, and then there's also conscientious trainers that have the, you know, their horse's best interest in mind. It just, it depends on what you do, and then there's, of course, like, people that are like, we should never race them at all. This is just inhumane from Mm -hmm. start to finish. Like, it just... It depends, right? Yeah. It's wherever you fall on that scale of how you feel about it. But they are not fully fused and ready to go at that age. But they still race them there because people have been doing it for hundreds of years. Um, oh, and then my last point here is Cassie also <sighs> mentions, just speaking of this, that horses have evolved to run for millions of years. Well, thoroughbreds have... The breed has only been around for hundreds of years, and it is a very specific breeding that has led to these horses being able to do physically what they do. People have been breeding horses for specific things for a long time. Obviously, like, you know, there's mine ponies versus the large plow horses versus,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: quarter horses and thoroughbreds fall under the same umbrella of they were bred artificially by people to do this thing. Like dogs. hmm Exactly. So that is Horse Corner with Alex. Woohoo! yeah i had a lot to say about this (laughs) all right shall we get back to animorphs now (laughs) we shall okay so cassie is minneapolis max the theoretically palomino racehorse (laughs) i can test that so tobias is checking in and finding out where everybody is like in the crowd to see like where they are and uh Cassie checks in and Tobias is like, oh, you're in Morph, obviously. Where are you? And she's like, I am a horse and I'm being loaded into a start box right now. Um, And so that's concerning. (laughs) And Marco appears out of the crowd and... I don't know why, but he, like, loses his entire fucking mind, Mr. Security, and starts screaming at a horse, should I bet on you? Are you gonna win? <laughs> like, <laughs> which I guess, at the end of the day, wouldn't be that different from some other shit people are doing at the racetrack, but whatever. Um, <laughs> you better fucking win, you fucking you loser! You win! <laughs> yeah, and Cassie says something like, very, very funny, Marco. Uh, So then the jockey tries to move her into the gate, and she says she doesn't have the lifetime of training that Max has, which is overselling it slightly, considering Max is like three tops. But um, as a rider, she should really be able to figure out what he wanted when he kicked her towards the start gate. But yeah, so some guys like trash talking the horse a little bit, like, oh, he's always difficult to load into the gate. And Cassie's like, oh, fuck you. Watch me step into the gate. So she does. And then she, when they close it on her, she realizes how small this box is. And she panics and starts, like, just freaking out, trying to rear. And uh, her jockey's like, hey, 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 chill out, chill out. And she's like, don't you tell me to chill out. And then she's like, oh, shit, I talked to the jockey. Um, and then, Bad. yeah, and she doesn't really have time to consider the ramifications of this, though. Because the gates slam open and she bolts out of there. And the jockey is trying to, like, hold her back, which is a legitimate thing. Like, you don't want horses to run flat out from the very beginning, for the most part. There's exceptions, and this is, all has to do with training and how your horse runs and all sorts of shit. But um, they, they hold them back so they don't expend all their energy before they get to the last part of the run. So um, she tells the jockey to stop holding her back. And to his credit, he's just like, all right, talking horse, whatever you want. <laughs> and uh, she starts, you know, running and running and running. She's in the lead, and finally, at the the very end of the gate, the last few furlongs, just to use a technical term, another horse is coming up <laughs> on her, and uh, she's suddenly, like, she's exhausted, and she has to duke it out with this other horse running, but she's like, I know where the finish line is. I can use my human intelligence. So she pours all of her strength into it and wins by a head, which is actually a pretty... Good lead, like in a race. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty decent. So she's pretty happy with herself. She's like, this is like the first athletic thing I've won in like ever. And even though I was a horse, I'm still proud of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's happy with that. I was slightly concerned here with the timeline of tacking up to going to the warm up ring to exercising up and down the track to loading to the race to the winner circle. Yeah. But um I'm not totally sure. I was sure. just wondering that. Yeah, I'm I'm not totally sure what that timeline is. And I have, like, been astounded before. I was texting uh, my friend who's a jockey once, and she's like, okay, bye-bye. I gotta go race. I'm like, okay. And, like, literally three minutes later, she's like, I won. That was great. And I was like, wait, you're fucking back already? Like, really? So I've been surprised before by that timeline, so I'm going to forgive it here. I just wanted to give that explanation of why I'm not bitching about that particular aspect. <laughs> it's crazy horse racing is crazy guys all right so the kids have six freshly acquired horse morphs after the excitement of winning the race all died down they're they're out and they go to the badlands to scoop out the yurks they find the yurk group pretty quickly they land hidden away from them go into morph um cassie goes oh we can't walk out here like super clean and nice like we gotta roll so they do. They roll in the dirt, they get all, like, scruffy looking, and they go out there in their horse morphs. Which we don't get a description of what they each look like, which really bummed me out. Like, I kind of wanted Aww. to know. I mean, if we go by
1: actual rules and they're all thoroughbreds, then they're probably all, you know... Tall bay, bays, tall, bay, and, yeah. tall bay tall bay tall bay tall bay maybe with a variation of like blazes and spots but yeah you know
0: <laughs> but for the most part or stars or whatever obey they're called. well yeah and it's that's all right snips stars blaze it, it, it's all socks and you know stockings yeah. and crowns oh. and we could get into it
1: there is one quote that i wrote down that i absolutely lost my mind over mm-hmm. And it is from Axe, of course, the best character. Yeah. And it is, I understand what a racetrack is now, a place where horses chase each other as in circles as humans scream.
0: <laughs> and I'm just like... He's right. You. Uh, he's so sassy. I love him. I love him so much. He's so disdainful and sassy. I can't wait until he goes back to the Andalite homeworld and tries to explain racing. <laughs> I, okay, so they're in a circle. These creatures that they aren't run, and they scream and wave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. So the kids uh, meet up with this band of horses, and uh, there's another wild horse or two, so like they just kind of fit right in. So the kids are hanging around, when all of a sudden the Yerks horses start talking Gallard to each other. Which is very weird, and Axe determines they must have been fitted with an older model speech synthesizer. So, my question for you is, what's going to happen to these wild horses with speech synthesizers when the Yerks abandon them?
1: Oh no, Mister oh, Ed. No. I hate that. <laughs> I don't like that
0: at I all. I hate it too. Like,
1: oh no! I... There are gonna be these like hyper intelligent horses just running around in a desert. But what if
0: they're they're not hyper intelligent? They're just normal, but they have a speech synthesizer. So, like, instead of like, so they're just like, Winnies. They're just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh <God>. like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you are walking around. In the, in the, sorry, I just almost launched into uh, Shia LaBeouf by Rob Cantor. They're walking in the woods. Actual cannibal Shia (laughs) Oh, God, that would be the worst. What if that's, like, what, not the Shia LaBeouf thing, but what if, like, you were walking through the woods and, like, it's the middle of the night and you're like, oh, this is, like, kind of cool. Like, you know, I'm hiking. This is great. Look at wilderness, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, and you're like, oh, God, there's ghosts. (laughs) But it's wild horses with speech synthesizers. Jesus Christ. I know, right? Thanks. I hate it. I hate it too. <laughs> uh, anyways, since they're speaking Gallard, which uh, we find out is the international, intergalactic intergalactic language that they all speak when they can't speak a specific language. So like you know, Horcruxer have their own language, but then to talk in a spaceport with multiple other species, they all speak Gallard. It's basic. It's basic. It's Latin, basically. <laughs> So, um, they're, they're just talking about how they need to follow the plan and they'll be off this idiotic mission. Axe is translating for all the Animorphs because obviously they don't have the speech chip, but whatever. Um, and so obviously. they're like, obviously. So the York split into two groups to go do this plan that we know nothing about. And, uh, Rachel, Jake, Marco f- split up and then Cassie, Axe, and Tobias split up. Sorry. I just had to make sure I wrote that right. So it's Rachel, Jake, and Marco in one group, Cassie, Axe, and Tobias in the other. And they follow these horses to the hangar bay door. And then they're like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And all of a sudden alarms go off and Cassie spooks. Like she rears up and like, you know, is freaked out. And the doors are like wide open, but no one's really paying attention to that. And then the Yerks start bolting towards the hangar. And the Anwarfs are like, ah, follow them. So they do. The bay doors are open. The Yerks start bolting towards the hangar door. And the Animorphs follow the Yerks. There's, like, a couple of people with guns, like, sitting in front of the doors. And they're kind of, like, laughing when they see the horses bolting at them. But as they get closer, they, like, jump out of the way. They're like, ah, oh, fuck, they're not stopping. So this band oh. of manic horses bolts into the facility. And they're now just running through the base, like, screaming and mowing people down and felling yogurts and just running around, like, mad. And the people are dropping their yogurt oh, people and shit. are dropping their yogurts, they're dropping their fucking sandwiches. <laughs> they are throwing their coffee. It's just food based chaos. God, yeah, apparently they just keep like food in this building and what we're about to find out this great mystery. so they bolt into the center of the base and they find the most closely guarded secret in military history, which is. A giant cube thing with rounded corners that's a pretty green with a door big enough for one human to get through, and none of the controllers know what it is. So they kind of, like, mill around for a minute. They're all looking at it, like, what? What what is it? Uh, Do you know? I I don't know. And then a colonel is like, get these horses out of here. And the sergeant- A colonel? A colonel. Please. colonel. Colonel. What the fuck? It's an L. I know it's
1: spelled stupid, but it's colonel. It's
0: colonel? I, I like, thought those were two. I different was like, did say ranks? colonial? No. I never okay, I'm not really super knowledgeable about military ranks. I get them confused colonial. constantly. But I always thought a colonel and a colonel were two different things because I only read the word colonel ever. And I never associated the two until just now. And also, how's Colonel? Kernel... Do you know how many times I spelled Colonel like popcorn kernel?
1: <laughs> the English language is stupid. This is,
0: I hate this. this.
1: Is so yeah, I'm
0: sorry. I, mean, I guess I learned, but like, yeah. I'm glad my failure is going to be published live for everyone to hear. Oh my god, we can cut this out. No, keep it. They need to know that I'm a fraud. <laughs> This, see, this is the problem with, like, learning shit from reading, is that no one's there to pronounce things for you, like, when you spell a word, C-O-L-O-N-E-L, and you're like, oh, clonal, obviously, and then people are like, no, it's pronounced colonel. <laughs> Fight me,
1: how? English is a terrible language. Fuck
0: this. And also, I I really don't know a lot about military ranking at all, like... I'm super into like reading um like biographies and stuff about people that are in wars and like getting that perspective of it but I have no fucking idea how these rankings work I like I vaguely know about like different military factions having issues with each other like how everybody kind of is like oh you're in the marines oh I'm in like the, the navy yeah. I'm cooler like you know I yeah. I vaguely know that shit no idea how ranking works and no idea what bars mean when people are like oh they had a lot of bars i'm like oh that's probably good
1: if it makes you feel better my grandpa was in the army my uncle was in the navy my brother was in the marines and is now in the army reserve i still have no fucking idea how the military
0: works okay good it does make me feel better
1: all i know is that a staff sergeant is a step above a sergeant, because that's what my brother got to in the mill- in the Marines.
0: Oh, see, I would have guessed that, because there was another word in front of the same word. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> like, Extra good sergeant. Right. I don't know. Like, if you're
0: like, oh, you're a developer. Well, you're a staff developer. I'd be like, oh, that person's higher. That's, they're, yeah. they're gooder.
1: <laughs> and I don't know, if, like, I know you have captains in the Navy. I don't know if you have captains in, like... The army, yeah. You know, I like, I don't know. I
0: feel like from reading Temeraire, I should know more. And like, yeah, a, a commander is higher than a captain, right?
1: I think so. And an admiral is it's... probably
0: the top, but that's only, but in that the doesn't Navy, make any sense because Admiral Akbar is like the worst fucking character of all. T- I mean, <laughs> okay, he's the best character of all time, but I would not Industrial. put hopes and dreams in him. <laughs>
1: I don't remember what board game it is, but it gives you a bunch of cards that say, like, cadet, lieutenant, sergeant, oh. you know, commander, and no idea.
0: No idea. None. Okay, well, the colonel, as I now know it is called, because I really only read books about... See, that's the other thing. All the books I'm reading are, like, it, like, the military, like, history books I'm reading. Even if this word is mentioned, I never would have made the connection, just because it's so differently spelled. So... I feel bad. I learn a lot through books. So my pronunciations are not always the best, but I at least have, like, facts. Okay. Sure. So, anyways, Colonel Bellows, get these horses out of here. And a sergeant literally orders them to about face. And everyone, yerks, Animorphs alike, literally just comply and walk out in an orderly fashion. The so. fuck? So the kids are tagging along with the controller horse group for a while because they're looking for a point to leave them. They don't just want to like tear off right away because that would look a little suspicious. So they're like tagging along, looking for a good point where they can leave. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this fighter bug fighter comes screaming across the badlands towards them, and the horse controllers are suddenly full of fear. And this is very accurate. Horses can smell fear. It's a very specific scent that they get. So like if you're even if you're scared, they can pick up on it very quickly. So. Good job. Accuracy. So this gives the animals a pretty good idea of who's in this bug fighter. So the thing comes screaming to a stop in front of them. And of course, none other than our dearest, dearest friend, Visser Three disembarks. By the way, no idea where Visser ranks in the military. Is that good? Is that bad? Is it a made-up word? Who can tell? Also, Jeremiah pronounced it Vizier, Vizier. which sound too much like brazier to me, so I will not...
1: But a vizier is a thing. Like, Jafar was the royal vizier. Jafar. To the sultan.
0: Okay, good. The royal vizier. Is it weird that I that know more, <laughs> more about the makeup of the York army than the actual U.S. military?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck it. Real life sucks.
0: Yeah, real life sucks. Fuck it. I only want to know about York militaries. <laughs> Alright, anyway. So, Vizier 3 disembarks. He's demanding to know what this thing was. And they all have to admit... Like I have no fucking idea. So visitor three is getting mad, and he beheads a horse controller. And then he goes, "Oh no! Look what happened! Can you believe this? Oh, this guy's head just came oh. off. Oh, wow. bummer!" <laughs> like he literally is like, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> uh, you
1: guys, look what you made me do. You guys, look what you, he goes. Oh, look at this. He goes Taylor Swift in that moment. <laughs> Anyway, I had, like, I had, like, a a bean freak right here. Oh no. um Where I was, like, okay, he chopped off the horse's head, but that killed the yerk. Yeah. But the yerk could just, like, crawl out of the head. But I guess because the yerk is so ingrained in the brain that when, you know, blood and exactly. things stop flowing to the brain, then it just shuts down and the yerk dies. Yep. Anyway, that freaked my bean a little bit, even though countless you know, controlled <laughs> taxons and torquiger and humans have been killed up until this point. Yeah. And I've never questioned it.
0: But uh. in this one, it's different, I think, because, like, the head is so large and the ear canal is so visible. You're like, oh, it's, like, so, I mean, it's not really accessible. Like, this isn't how bodies work in the slightest, but, like, it, it feels so... Because, like, the same thing happened to me when I, like, read this versus, oh, he beheaded a human and they died. Well, yeah, of course, because, like, he's trapped in there. But when it was the horse head, it was like, oh, he could have gotten out. And then it was like, well, no, because he was wrapped around the brain. And-
1: well, and I was thinking about the time when um, Axe bit Aloran mm-hmm. and Viss- while Aloran was dying, Visser 3, like, was trying to crawl out.
0: Right. And he was still, like, sluggish. Well, <laughs> sluggish. Ha But, um. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, okay. I'm sorry for everything. No. Okay. Anyways, yeah, he was, like, really slow and, like, kind of dull and, yeah. Yeah, he beheads his horse, Um, tries to guilt trip them, question mark, for him beheading the horse. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's their fault, clearly. It's their
0: fault. So uh, then he notices that there's extra horses tagging along the controllers, and the controllers are like, no, 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 this is very good. They provide camouflage. This is how they behave naturally. But Visor 3 is like, kill them all. And then Cassie's like, I know how to solve this. And she starts pooping in front of Vizzer 3. And I wrote, for the first time? <laughs> but yeah. So she starts eating grass, and Vizzer 3 orders them killed anyways, just to be sure. Because he had one good moment of being a leader. Um, so a hork starts approaching her, and Minneapolis Max, not Cassie, the actual horse, decides he doesn't like that, and charges the hork Cassie rears and starts pawing, and she knocks the draken beam out of the Horkbazur's hand and then lands on it and crunches it completely accidentally. Like, she states multiple times, this was not like, oh, I have control of my horse body and I can do this epic move. She's like, I was blind and flailing, and I just got lucky. Yeah. So I appreciated that that level of detail was added because that added a realism to me. <laughs> sure. So uh, this gives the Animorphs time to run, and they all do. And the Hork-Bajir are hot on their trail, like, almost matching them, which is really impressive because they would be going about 42 to 45 miles an hour, somewhere probably in there. Um, So Hork-Bajir are fucking fast. And uh, then some Humvees start approaching, their headlights kind of sweep over the area, and the Hork-Bajir have to back off to avoid being spotted. So the Animorphs keep going, they start talking again about how they don't know what it is, and like, this is crazy, and Axe is like, oh, well, like... I know what it is. And they're like, oh, well, what is it? It's an andelite toilet. Yay. Yay. The most cos- closely guarded secret in military history is poop. It's a farce. It is a fart, yes. which is my play on your farce word.
1: Excellent. I loved it. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. So that's the mission. And Cassie, she goes home and she was like, well, that mission was pointless. <laughs> uh, and then starts up another one of my favorite fucking scenes in this book that i love ever so dearly and i'm sure you will too because it's cassie's family
1: oh yeah i know you love them i love them
0: so she gets home from this pointless mission and her parents are both there and they're like where have you been You missed dinner. It is dark outside. And she's like, oh, I I was with Rachel. And her parents are like, unacceptable. Where have you been? And she's like, oh, well, Jake was there too. And that's when they're like, oh, no, we were afraid of this. We were terribly, (laughs) terribly afraid of this. I think we need to have a conversation about you and dating. And we would like to recap another Birds and the Bees discussion with you. Like, we would like to invite Jake's family over to discuss your relationship (laughs) And like she is dying, she's like, "Oh my god, please don't talk to me about sex." Like I'm not, no, please stop. And so she's like, I, "I'm gonna go get dinner. I have to leave." Blah, blah, blah. So she she does manage to weasel her way out of there, and starts to make herself a sandwich in the kitchen. And then she's like, "I I have to go listen into what they're saying. Like this this feels weird." So she sneaks back there and starts listening in. And her parents are both like oh man she like what can we do like we can't give her more chores she already does so much and like we can't ground her to her room because like she's she works so hard and she's such a like she's a good kid like like the only way to punish her is to embarrass the shit out of her so they start like (laughs) plotting together more ways to embarrass her the next time she fucks up oh my god and they're like one of them is like oh we're gonna go sit her down with a priest to talk about her relationship with Jake and how she can't have like extramarital relations with Jake. Oh my God. I know. And they're just like
1: cackling the whole time.
0: They love it so much. Oh my God. (laughs) Right? Like, I mean, it's genius. Like this is great parenting. Yeah. But yeah, so good. Anyways. Yeah. Her parents are like, that's, that's how we're going to embarrass her. So, um, anyways, she gets her sandwich from the kitchen that she made. She goes up to her bed, eats her sandwich and goes to sleep but wakes up a few hours later because suddenly she knows when Vizzer 3 is going to strike next. The garden's flyer. It was for a military day. And she's like, basically Visitor 3's plan sucks, but he's super impatient. So he's going to like take this opportunity to attack, even though it's a terrible idea. So they're like, okay, we're going to the gardens the next day. They get there, and the park is already filled, even though they planned on being there before anyone... Like, was there. And they're like, what the fuck is happening? Why is everybody here already? This is crazy. And this all happened because Cassie can't read military time. She's like, it said 1900 hours, which she thought meant 8 p.m. It does not. <laughs> so, um, they're like, great. Now we're an hour behind. And this sucks. And is terrible. So they fly in, demorph. They're like, we're already here. Let's just fucking try something and they determine there's probably two rides that are the most likely to grab people the log flume ride and the house of horrors so jake marco and cassie are like we're going to go do the log flume ride rachel Tobias, and snacks are going to go do the house of horrors and marco is like he's pumped that he pulled the log flume duty like he is ready to fucking flume he is so excited <laughs> i'm ready to fuck oh, ready to- <laughs> oh no Oh. No, he's ready to flume, damn it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I understand we just came off of sex talk corner, so yeah. it's going to take a while. So and Marco also does throw back a little like, hey, if you ever need to read military time again, just subtract 12, which whatever, Marco.
1: To be fair, I didn't know how to read military time for the longest time.
0: I feel like I learned it because of this book. Like I was specifically, <laughs> you're like I will never make
1: this mistake. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was like, oh, I can't, I can't make that mistake. So I, I after this book, I looked into it and figured out how to read military time. Anyways, so Marco's like super pumped for this log flume ride. He's just like chattering away about how excited he is, and all of a sudden he hears a, a voice behind him, like, hey, hey, I know that kid, and that's right, Torelli is back. Torelli, my favorite guy. So he tries to put them under arrest while they're on the fucking log flume ride he's like you kids are under fox molder stop him he's under arrest like he's still calling him fox molder he still has not gotten the joke and he's like literally trying to put them under arrest and marco is egging him on he's like no this guy can't do anything to us fuck it's a public place so when the log ride goes through the dark tunnel they all bail off the boat because marco is basically just getting them into more trouble And the kids jump off the ride. They start getting pulled along by the current. But then Torelli's like, oh, these guys aren't getting away. And he jumps off the ride, too, as an adult. Meanwhile, his
1: date's still in the log. He
0: abandons his date in the log flume ride. He's like, screw her. I don't give a shit. This is my girlfriend. He's like, he's such, he's so dedicated to his job. Oh, my God. He's just like a one-track mind kind of guy. The perfect military guy. Yep. So, anyways. Um. They're bobbing along violently, and Cassie tries multiple times to pull herself out of the ride, but the current is too strong. It just keeps pulling her back down, and she finally realizes they're about to go over the giant waterfall part, and so she screams, and Marco's like, oh, she just figured out we're going over the waterfall. (laughs) So sure enough, they tip over the edge. They very narrowly avoid being crushed by another log boat. They hit the bottom of the thing. And Torelli grabs Cassie, but then he, like, slips on the bottom of this river thing, and she gets free and takes off. So they get to a part where they can pull themselves out. They run out of there, get away from Torelli, and they are soaking wet. They are shoeless. They are in morph suits. And they're like, all right, let's go to the House of Horrors. It was not the flume ride. (laughs) So the three of them go over to the House of Horrors, and they are put in a cart, which I assume is one of those, like, four-person spinny cart things. Because that seems to be the House of Horrors thing. And, uh...
1: I always thought it was just, like, a haunted house that you walk through, but whatever.
0: Oh, see, I was thinking it more, like, um, when you go to, like, Disneyland or World or whatever. And, like, their haunted house is, like it's on a track very much mm-hmm. like the log flume ride. And it's just like this spinny four person cart so that you can kind of see all around you as you go through. And also said, so it like bumps you and like spins you. So it's like very like disconcerting and like, everything's kind of like, Oh, I can't keep my eyes steady. Uh oh, it makes it scarier. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured because that's, that was the first haunted house I ever did. So that was like my standard of haunted houses for a while.
1: I've never been to Disneyland
0: i was only there because i did live in florida for a short time but yeah so they're they're putting this cart and because it's a four-person cart they add another random dude and uh he seems like a really cool guy he was like hey you kids gonna be too scared by the ride kind of thing and they're like nah we're really good we watch too much tv we're super good with being scared <laughs> and the guy's kind of like ah ha ha that's funny so they lurch forward they realize that Torelli is right behind them, and they're kind of, like, shooting the shit with the airmen for, like, a minute or two, but then Torelli goes, Airman Jones, apprehend those kids, and uh, they kind of bang through the doors into another room, and they're like, ah, ha, ha, that's Torelli always joking, and Airman Jones is like, he has never joked a day in his life. He abandoned his girlfriend on a log flume ride. <laughs> <laughs> He's... Um, but that is quickly erased. All their concerns about Torelli is erased because when they head into the next room, they see, uh, a very convincing horror monster statue of an Andalite and then also a grizzly bear, a hawk and a rattlesnake. And everyone is standing perfectly still except Rachel who's breathing heavily (laughs) so they can actually see her moving. (laughs) And Cassie's the one that figures out right away that like, okay, they're getting caught in the house of horrors, obviously, because that's where everyone is. And they're going to go for Torelli to infest him. So they jump off the cart into a dark corner, start morphing. Cassie goes to Wolf at top speed while the others are fighting in the other room. And there's literally, like, carts slamming through the doors every few seconds as they're having a full-on fucking bloodbath battle in the other room. <laughs> and, like, people are just like, ooh, so realistic. Ah, look at the bear. Like, it's just oh, insane. <laughs> and- you idiots. They expect high quality out of their haunted houses. (laughs) So Cassie goes bolting into the other room, and Visor 3 has just made his escape with Torelli, and the rest of the Animorphs are trailing her because she's obviously the fastest one. And uh, Visor 3 is dragging him, and like a couple of people as well, I think he has like Horkvision or something, dragging Torelli out of there, and they go right into the nightly character parade. This is like very clearly like Disneyland, for sure. (laughs) But um there's this nightly character parade going by and one of the costume performers jumps out at Visor 3 like haha and visor three beheads it. But what happens is <laughs> the girl just angrily pops her regular head out of the costume and yells, Hey! And like Visor Three is like, What creature is this that has a head within a head? Like, oh he freaks the fuck out and like slows down to look at this thing, like, what the fuck kind of earth creature is this? And do you
1: do you remember that episode of Invader Zim where they go to Bloaty's Pizza Hog? Oh, yeah! And, and Zim catches up to them and he's surrounded by all these mascots and they're all fucking terrified. Yes! <laughs> That's immediately what I thought oh, of Mr. God. 3 just having a meltdown over this daffy duck.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, he was—he did freak the fuck out. Like, he's so shocked. He actually, like, slows down enough that the Animorphs all catch up to him because he's Jesus. like, what in the fuck just happened? <laughs> God. Which is like crazy because he has like those wheeled bat separating creatures. Like it doesn't feel like this should be any weirder than those, <laughs> but somehow they are. But yeah, so um, Cassie is is chasing him down, and uh, the Harkmacher are still dragging Torelli off there. So she goes off after Torelli and is like sniffing through the crowd. People are apparently like trying to call her over. They're petting her as she walks past. Like they're like, look at the doggy right? Well,
1: and I love seeing on the internet, like, occasionally people post up, like, found dog signs, and they're like, yeah, I found this dog, um, I gave it a bath, and it's kind of aggressive, and it's like a fucking coyote. And I'm like, you just brought in a coyote, and you put it on a dog bed in your garage, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, completely off topic, yes. Um, the fucking military group that came to the gardens introduced themselves as Gondor Industries. Oh, fuck,
0: I totally forgot about that. And I was like, Lord of the Rings! Lord of the Rings! Ru- There's so many Lord of the Rings references as well. I love these books.
1: Anyway, people are petting Cassie the Wolf right, Dog. Right, people
0: are petting Cassie the Wolf Dog, and she is hot on the trail of the Horcvizier. So she sees them in front of her. The Horcvizier is facing away, dragging Tirelli. And so she runs and launches and kind of like bites the back of the Horcvizier, which causes the Horcvizier to lose his grip on Tirelli. Tirelli runs for it. So Cassie and the Horkbizer are sizing each other up, but then Visor 3 comes like clattering past this Horkbouger, and the Horcbissure kind of like looks and is like, alright, I gotta go. So they run over to like the Horkbouger runs after him. They go to a bug fighter that they just blatantly parked on top of Alien Mountain. That's brilliant. It's it's fucking genius. This is the smartest thing Visor 3 has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> like It's great. So they get into this alien ship. They take off into the night. And as they leave, Cassie's hearing this conversation where this kid's like, that isn't what alien ships look like at all. And his grandpa who's like, I know, I was abducted by aliens once and that is not what they look like. So it's, it's amazing.
1: One more note that I loved was during the battle. Um, Marco is in Gorilla Morph and Axe is still a Rattlesnake Morph. And I just picture Marco just like whipping Axe around. Yes. And like at, and when he's stretched out, he just like bites a horridger and Marco like whips him back. And that is just an amazing visual to me. Yeah,
0: and that's, didn't they say in the House of Horrors 2 that he was wrapped around Rachel's paw and she was like punching with him as a Rattlesnake? God. Oh, so epic. So good. It's so good. That's a great Morph. It really is. Anyway, so, yeah, the aliens take off. Everybody's like, they don't... That's not what alien ships look like. Um, <laughs> and then we cut to the next day. The next day, they're all watching the news together, as they so often do the day after a mission. And um, there's just all these reports of, like, these pranksters trash the House of Horrors. And Torelli was kind of interviewed, but really it was just him manically yelling about how he's trying to find three kids' names. Fox Mulder, Dana Scully, and Cindy Crawford. And they're like, have you been drinking? And he's like, no. No, I've never been drinking a day in my life. Like, kind of, like, arguing with them. And they're like, so what are you doing here? Like, the the thing said that this was a party for Gondor Industries. And he's like, I take back all my comments and walks off. (laughs) He just gives the fuck up. Um, And then the kids debate whether or not they should tell everyone at Zone 91 they're guarding an alien toilet. And they're like, no, everybody needs, like, a side gig. And then Rachel starts talking to Cassie about how her jeans are still so short and how she really thinks that these need to be, like, fixed and she needs to take her shopping. And they're like, isn't this how this whole thing started? And then Marco's like, okay, but what I'm saying is we have to be racehorses again and, like, we have to win the races and bet on ourselves. And then Cassie just dumps a bucket of water on Marco's head and they all leave. And that is the end of this book.
1: This was an amazing book. Right? I It was such a fucking mess. Like, every situation they got themselves in, they were just like, Oh, well, <laughs> this thing. And, oh, man, and it was just so entertaining. They
0: didn't, like, there's no victory here. Nothing and was no, accomplished.
1: Nothing was accomplished except they got some horse morphs,
0: Which... Yeah, but like they could have gotten it at any point. Like that's that's not like oh we have this opportunity to get this morph. What a cool exotic thing to add here. It's like great. We have a bunch of fucking thoroughbreds, the most common horse in North America. <laughs> great. There's not thousands of these shipped around every year. It's just crazy. I I love this book so much, and this was my introduction to animorphs. So this was like, this is what that's hooked a good me.
1: Better than fucking me in book three.
0: Yeah, that was not a good book to get hooked into. Oh, God. That was a book of despair. Yeah, that was sad as fuck. This is a book of joy and stupidity. I love this book so much. I actually, I got this one signed by Catherine when I met her. So it was That's like... Awesome. I, d- I never explained it to her either. I think she was a little thrown off when I handed this particular book to her, like r- really. And then I had to check afterwards. I was like, oh fuck, I hope that like wasn't a ghost written one. But it's not. That's not till a little later. Because for a second, I'm like, maybe she thinks I'm like an asshole because I'm asking her to sign something that like she didn't even really write. But then I was like, no, it was probably just because it was this particular book, <laughs> which I did not. Ex- I didn't like hand it to her and be like, this was the first book I ever read. I was just like, here's some books. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just such a fun book to get into. I feel like I didn't even ask you questions because I just wanted so badly to talk about this book that got me into this whole crazy mess. So I have some like kind of
1: oh they made an
0: ER reference
1: earlier on, did they? Which I appreciated. I yeah, it. the Noah Wiley thing. uh Rachel mentioned it to Cassie when they went to um Crazy irids Oh no, Crazy Helen. Did you say Crazy uh,
0: Ira? <laughs> Crazy Hyra the douche. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I'm like, are you making a Parks and Rec reference?
1: <laughs> I, I am. Um, it's a reference within a reference. Um, uh, I think I only had one question, and that is, do they ever they talk about um, morphing and like how much time they have to morph? And like, I had a general question of like, do they ever increase the speed in which they morph? I know they they always mentioned like, oh, we morphed as fast as we could, but that doesn't really give me like a measurement.
0: So yeah. there's never like a real measure like it's never like, ah, timed it. One minute and fifty four seconds or something like that. But like yeah. as they get more experienced at it, they do start morphing faster. Like it, it takes like okay. little beats less to do things. And of course Cassie in like stressful situations is always capable of like doing some crazy shit with morphing because she's in a stream. So it's like she's yeah. her her own thing with that but um yeah they not ne- it never comes down to like okay like you know 30 seconds flat go kind of thing but as as the series goes on it does mention like oh we were able to do this that and the other and it was faster than ever before
1: because i feel like if i were an animorph that that's something i would be working on in my downtime is like trying to morph more quickly and i kind of wonder if if some morphs take longer than others
0: I'm sure they do like because they mentioned when they're um turning into like like when they turn into monkeys because it was so close to like people already that was a really quick morph because it's not a huge mm-hmm. change but like when yeah. they have to go like insect or something that always seems to take them longer because there's more steps and like oh they have to grow limbs or like if they have to increase in size a lot yeah. it takes a while for them to like bulk up completely.
1: Yeah, I would think that, um, an animal similar to size as you would take less time because mm-hmm. you have to absorb less Z mass or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah. Or like uh, even, um, when Cassie mor- demorphed from Rachel, like they did that in like a few strides down a hallway as they were walking because it yeah. was like, oh, your, your skin changed color and your hair grew or shortened. Like it's, yeah, it was nothing, you know? It's interesting. Yeah, for sure.
1: But other than that, I didn't have any other questions. This is a pretty concise sort of
0: book. (laughs) They're guarding an alien toilet. There was a lot of poop jokes. I mean, that's it. They got horse morphs. This really was like the perfect storm for me as a book to like hook me into this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, shall we tell the people where to
0: find us? Sure. Let's do it. Let's see. You can find us at our email address. I'll start with that one since I mentioned that during the episode it's anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com write me a note i'm here for you i want to talk about <laughs> anamorphs. um we have a website which is anamorphsanonymous.com. we have uh two facebook things one is the group page which is just animorphs anonymous on facebook and then we also have a super secret super awesome totally cool what other 90s words can i use totally radical totally radical bodacious deuce, bodacious Facebook group which is facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous or you can search Andalite Vandalites which is us the awesome Facebook group where we've been having some good times lately I share some terrible quotes that don't always make it into like the here's the lead up quote until next time from Casey which is <laughs> one of my favorite activities by the way is finding the things that you <laughs> oh, say <no. laughs> Posting them.
1: I am funny on occasion.
0: All the time. We also have an Insta Slam, which is at Animorphs Anonymous. <laughs> Twitter, which is at Animorphs Anon. Come at me. MySpace. We're not, We're on, not MySpace. on MySpace. Does that website still even exist? We're on
1: Spotify. Um, oh yeah, kind of. Kind of. Like, I mean, not not like the podcast, but <laughs> we have playlists for the characters. That's
0: right. Which we have one for each character. So check those out. We have iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean is our main hosting site. We ha- are on Podcast Republic. We are on a lot of places. Just look us up. If you can't find us, you can send me an email and I'll work on getting us on there. But like I'm, I'm, we're pretty aggregated at this point. We're awesome. And all of this brings us to our final point of order. Next book that we're reading, number 15, The Escape. It's a Marco book. Would you like to have this book with a bunch of notes from Casey and I in it? Oh boy, would I? We can make that happen. That's right. One of you, or none of you if no one does this, but if one of you does (laughs) this or more, one of you will get this book, a physical copy of this book, with one small ding out of the cover, I will admit. I'll color it in. Don't worry about it. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) One of you will receive this book, with our innermost thoughts and feelings and maybe small doodles and also a note in it. So like write us at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com and tell us how you got into Animorphs. And also if you make it funny, that's probably good. I'll probably like that one more, but whoever gives us the best (laughs) response, we'll uh, share that and you can win this book with our notes and thoughts and feelings in it. So write it in guys. I'll post more about this on Facebook, but yeah, that's next book. So hopefully you'll have heard about this on Facebook already in writing, but here's your audio reminder to check it out.
1: Yay. We're both really funny and we're both really good at drawing. So you don't want to miss this.
0: I am one of those.
1: You are both of those. (laughs) The
0: truth is out there. That's all I had.
1: Let's make like a sea and biscuit.
0: (laughs) Wait, was that a sea biscuit joke?
1: I, I guess. I don't know. I panicked. I just said words.
0: <laughs> I just panicked and threw anything I could out of there. Do you want to hear a cool fact about upset that we can sure get out of here? Okay. So here's a cool racehorse fact that my friend Drew told me. So if it's wrong, take it up with Drew. So anyways, the reason um, it's called an upset in sports when somebody um, wins when they weren't supposed to, like when the underdog wins, is because of a race between War Admiral? War Admiral, I want to say.
1: I know who that is, actually. Yeah. I don't I don't race horse, but... It's a very
0: famous I've line. I've heard of that name. But basically, yeah. the, that horse that I'm referring to had never, ever lost a race, ever, in his entire career, and the only time mm-hmm. he ever lost was to a horse named Upset, who the other jockeys had blocked in that horse and allowed Upset to go through on the rail, and it was challenged, but it was back in the day, like, you know, when they weren't, like, photographing this shit and videoing it, so... Mm-hmm. Uh he lost and so upset one became the only horse to beat him and that's why it's called a major upset. Oh,
1: upset. I thought it was because everyone got upset. Right?
0: But it is not. It's because oh, of that race. It's horse. like
1: a It's like a double
0: entendre though. Right. And then uh upset's jockey years later admitted what happened and said it was one of his biggest regrets that he did that. Oh. Yeah. So that's where the term upset comes from. <laughs> All right. Well, uh
1: see no wait i don't know what
0: are you ready i'm ready to take us out you ready yeah yeah hi ho Silva. away
1: away perfect
0: bye, bye. bye.